This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking about the importance of consistency in your business. And I'll be introducing you to our very special guest in just a moment. But in terms of that consistency, it's really about how you show up, how you become visible, what you're telling people about what you do. And I'm holding a very special event in June, on the 20th of June 2020, and the tickets are available now. If you want to come along, we've got some incredible guest experts talking about how to improve your content, how to make sure you podcast with impact, how you get yourself in the press, and how you use video to really stand out from the crowd and nail your audience building. Because this is the thing that is key in terms of how you drive clients into your business. So if you want to find out about that, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get dash visible dash live or visit the show notes where you can just click on the link. So the person I'm speaking with today has worked with thousands of clients and created multiple streams of income for herself and helps others to do the same. She is best-selling author of the book, Is This It? The Smart Woman's Guide to Finding Work You Love. And that kind of encapsulates a lot of this lady's work. So ladies and gentlemen, all those listeners out there, I want to welcome you to Ruth Kudzi. So everyone, I'm really excited today to have Ruth Kudzi with me because I actually interviewed Ruth, which is the first time we met about almost exactly two years today that it went live for my first podcast, Inspiring Mummy Club, which then became Inspiring Success. So I'm going to make sure that we get the first interview that I did with Ruth when we first met two years ago in the show notes. So go and have a listen to that one after this. So hello, Ruth, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. Thank you so much, Anna. It's great to be here. And yeah, I can't believe it is actually two years to the day. I really think it is. I think it is. I think it's two years to the day that it went live because it would have been late February because I think you were maybe like the fifth or sixth interview that I did and the show started in the January so well what's interesting is that the way we connected in that instance was your VA reached out to me I just started a mum podcast and back then I think quite a lot of your messaging was around mums and transitioning it was and so your VA reached out to me and I was like okay yeah let's do it and um, (laughs) I didn't have a clue about interviewing or how to kind of make this whole space work and you were pretty much in your early days as well Um, yeah I was about two years in so yeah. yeah I thought it would be nice today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the consistency it takes to build a business and to have that financial success. And not just the financial success, the profile that having consistency leads you to have. But Mm. I think it'd be really nice to really talk a little bit about about our journeys, about your journey, what you do now. So for listeners who don't know you, who haven't listened to that other episode two years ago, just like, go on. (laughs) Give us like your potted history. Yeah, so I set up this, I set up my coaching business actually nearly four years ago. So four years ago in April. I started out like you actually, focusing on mums. I used to do confidence and career coaching for mums. After about a year to 2017, I transitioned to doing more business. And that was pretty much because people were coming to me for business coaching. And that was my background. And then, yeah, so for, for the last three years, I've been coaching people in business and helping them build and grow and get consistent 
revenue and consistent income. And that's really become where I've gone. I've done many different things, written a book, um, had my own podcast, flown all over the world, done speaking. So lots and lots of things that I've done. I think when I, I spoke to you two years ago, I was just about to go to Australia. So I went to Australia for a week then and was doing a lot of travel. And actually, it's really interesting because at that time, I was like, yeah, I want to travel. I want to go to all these places and meet all these people. And this time last year, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be doing this travel. Like, it's not why I have my business. I'm away from my kids. I miss them. They miss me. They're an absolute nightmare when I get home. I spend my time jet lagged and exhausted. This version of success isn't actually what I want. So I think that's been really interesting as well. It's like the journey. So that's interesting, isn't it? About you go on this journey with the business, you allow yourself to transition and pivot, which is something that so many people are actually really scared of doing. And then you get this kind of these outward things that look like it's success where you can travel and you can go to these places, Mm. but it doesn't necessarily fit with your life. So tell us a little bit about that Australia trip then and and what you realised as a result of that. I mean, it wasn't actually in Australia that I realised it. So I went to Australia in 2018. So the beginning of 2018, it was great. I was working with a fantastic coach who's amazing and still a very good friend of mine. But then I was travelling to LA quite a lot and, and Canada. And I was like, I remember being in LA this time last year and I was in a room full of amazing, inspirational people, all of them six or seven figure business owners or eight figure, actually some of them. And I was like, it's great but I'm exhausted. I'm jet lagged. And this may well be right for me in the future, but actually even the size of the event, I was like, I I prefer smaller things. I prefer more intimate things. And I don't want to travel. And then I was like, right, I'm not going to do any more travel. And I had a couple of things in the diary that I did. And then this year I'm like, actually, I'm not going to go to the US or Canada for events at all. And I really thought that would have to be part of my path. But I was like, actually, I'm going to do it my way. And my way isn't about doing those trips because I've got really small children. And I think this is so important for all of us that we need to take a step back. And I'm not saying anything about anyone else who does it. But for me right now, that isn't part of what success looks like. It's it's interesting you say that because my children are a little bit older than yours. And yet still, I make decisions about my business and which ways I'm going to grow because I still want to be here when they get home from school. Mm. One of my children is she's homeschooled, but she's online schooled. So she could travel with me, but I want to be around. And I I, I traveled a lot in my previous work. And it doesn't mean to say I won't make the odd trip, but I actually not hold myself back because I don't see it in those terms. But I make decisions about the direction I'm going in based on actually how much I want to be here. And It is quite nice working in your comfy PJs and not traveling. I know it looks glamorous. It's way better for your Instagram feed. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our Instagram would be much better, Anna, if we were my, like... My Instagram would... I'd probably be a lot more out there with my Instagram if it wasn't just me sitting under a blanket at home with a cup of tea. It's probably a little bit more visually interesting. <laughs> but um, we kind of digress a little bit there. What is it then for you now? Deciding that you're going to work with people in the UK, working a lot more closely with yeah. them. What has, impact has that had on your business and the decisions you take about how you're out there? Do you know what? I don't think it's actually had an impact on my business at all. If I look at from when I made that decision in March 2019, I'm so bad at remembering dates. So now, like a year later, my business has grown and 
and it's it feels more centered and more authentic and I think there's this big thing that like this has been my big learning actually that do what feels good for you do what's aligned with you it doesn't matter if the person next to you is doing something different or they've got a different business model or a different journey for me it's about creating a business that I like and that I I'm inspired by and I can do that here. Like I can meet people in London. I can have like that life where I can pick up my kids and see them every day and do all of those things. And for me, that is so important. And I guess that maybe my business could be more successful and could be bigger and all of these things. But at the moment, my overarching goal is not to make loads of money in a short time. It's more to build a sustainable business. And I think that because I'm really clear about that, I connect with people who that is also their goal. So one of the things we want to talk about today is this consistency. Yes. What do you think people get wrong about this? Oh my gosh. So I think that sometimes with consistency, people think that consistency is only about social media. And they think that if they're being consistent posting on social media, that everything else will follow. And social media is just one element of our business. It's not only consistency in our business, it's consistency with everything. So actually, I had a call with my nutritionist earlier and I had a really bad January because I was ill. And she's like, yeah, but you're ill. And I think that we have to kind of look at the patterns. Like, are we actually doing the things outside our business that give us that capacity to grow? Are we being consistent with our clients? Are we being consistent in our routines? And that doesn't mean getting up at 5am in the morning and going for a run and doing all of that. For most of us, that isn't something that we can sustain consistently. Are we consistently sending emails? Are we? And and it's really looking at everything in our business because often we expect that we're going to do one thing and then that's going to get us the results. Mm. But it isn't. It's often a build up over time and we forget who's watching as well. So for me, it's about helping people build those consistent processes and systems so they can measure them and then they can start getting consistent income, which most of my clients come from like corporate background where they got a salary. And so for them, that consistent income is a massive like Mm, goal. Mm. Yeah, it's there, isn't it? So I think it's, it's really important to actually work with people and find out, okay, where are they not being consistent and how can we support them so they've got the right systems and processes in place Mm. so it's about creating that structure to then create creativity and then to measure tracking is so important it is it's not sexy but it's important the amount of people who don't have any idea about their list numbers if they have a list they don't know how often they're contacting their list. They don't know what their figures and their connections on social media are. They don't know their financial figures. Mm. They literally have their head in the sand. And actually, until you're measuring and tracking, how can you expect to grow? Because you've got nothing to kind of go against. So true, Anna. And actually, I spoke to somebody yesterday and they were saying that they, they've been doing all of this stuff and they looked at, okay, what were my, what did I get last year? And they realized that their success hadn't come from all of their social media. It had come actually from personal referrals. And so then they were like, oh, yeah, okay. So what can I do to get more personal referrals? And they had that click. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, right, if this activity isn't getting me the results, what can I do to change that activity or reduce it? So it's not saying that you just completely get rid of something, but 
again, I'm coming back to it and I don't know why I've got, I'm talking about it a lot today, but there's this idea that if we're consistent on social media, then everything else will follow. But I only follow if we've got the right people with the right message in the right position. If we're being consistent and we've got the wrong audience or the wrong message, it's not going to work. And I think this is the thing. So sometimes people say, well, I've posted every day on social media and one, they think that that's that's enough just anyway. But what they've put out there isn't clear about what they do, how mm. they help people or, or anything geared towards their business that would actually attract someone. So it's not just consistency of posting. It's having that that foresight about who really needs to hear your consistent message. And I can put my hand up and say like, I've learned this the hard way because I would say I spent at least the first six to nine months in my business not having a clue and kind of just putting out generic memes and quotes and not having a clue, but knowing I've got to post on social media and getting it completely wrong. Mm. But working out, it's got to be consistency of message to a consistent ideal client. And I know lots of people get really hung up on that because they don't know who they want to work with because their work could help everybody. Yes. And yes, it can, particularly if in this coaching space, but that's not going to get you results in the first place. And there is a fear around that, that if you narrow down that you're going to lose out in some way. But Mm. actually what people don't realize is often that's the key. Because once you've got those first few clients, once you've managed to do that and people know you for something, then it's so much easier to pivot and go in different directions because you've got the solid foundations. It's so true, Anna. And And I hear that a lot as well. And I think it's idea that, Actually, lots of people in our space, they want to help everybody, don't they? So they're like, oh, well, I can help everyone. I say to people when they say that, okay, write me a list of the people that you don't want to work with or any red flags. And when they start doing that, it starts to get a little bit of a penny drop as well. Because when they're saying I'll work with anyone, I'm like, "Mm, would you really? Would you actually really? Would you work with somebody who, I don't know somebody who is racist and they're like no of course I wouldn't I'm like oh okay so would you work with and then that's that brain starts working they're like oh okay and there's always this like I don't know why I always have this example in my head but if you're going for a wedding cake and you wanted a vegan wedding cake would you go to a wedding cake shop that sold every sort of wedding cake or would you go to somebody who only did vegan cakes who specialized I know I go to the vegan one so I've I just assume they had more experience because they specialized, yeah. which is, you know, it's an assumption, isn't it? Yeah, you do. And you think that they're going to be the best because that's what yeah. they focus on. And therefore, yeah. if someone, if, if, if in your head, someone is the best. And it's like, this filters down into so many things though, like your search mm. engine optimization. If you can niche that, if you can get all of that sorted, then your, your website's going to be more successful. Your blogs yeah. are going to be more successful, but people often don't see it. No, they don't. And I I think it's definitely fear, isn't it? Because at the beginning, when you're starting your business, you're like, let's be honest, most people are like, I just want a client. I really don't care who they are. I just want a client and then it will feel like a business. And I think it does feel counterintuitive to people. So it is holding people's hand because actually we've all been there. I mean, even when I started my business, like four years ago, I didn't have a niche. And I remember I, I literally was working with people through referrals and I'd be like health coaching somebody because I was like, well, coaching is just a skill. And then I'm like, I feel so out of my comfort zone. This is not the right thing for me. Mm. And so it was a little bit of a learning baptism of fire that I learned. Uh-uh. So, now, so now, Ruth, if I understand right, you're not helping people so much just as they're coming in. You're no. helping people more when they're at a certain income level. Is it an income level? Is that how you decide who you work with now? And then you help them to grow. Do you know, I don't necessarily do it 
for my income level. It's more that, so the majority of people come to me, they want consistency and they want consistent income and consistent clients. If they're in my mastermind, it's usually that they want to get to those 10K months. I'm sorry I mentioned it because I know it's all over, but it is usually because they want to do that. And it's always because there's a reason behind that. So that might be that they're looking to replicate the income that they had before, or it might be, yeah, there's always some meaning behind it. So if they're coming to my mastermind, if they're coming into other levels, it might be they're looking at consistent 5K months, or even, you know, some people in my academy and things, they want a consistent 1K month. And so there's no... Let's let's be honest, a lot of people come into a business and just to be able to have that for themselves and know they've created that is massive. Oh my gosh. And especially... Yeah. And, And I think that we, you know, when I said 10K, I did say, because... Yeah, people are like 10K, you know, six-figure business, seven-figure business, blah, blah, blah. And I think that some people find that really, because it's so far away from where they are. And actually, some people don't want that. You know, I've got an amazing client and she wants to stay under the VAT threshold because this is a business that she's doing until she retires. And she's like, I don't want to go through that additional paperwork. I'm really happy to be at this level. And I think that we have to be quite careful about judgments about others yeah, I help people scale, but that does mean different things to different people. And if somebody wants a consistent 2K month and they get that through working with me, I'm as happy for them as if someone wants a consistent 20K month. Because I think as a coach, your work has to be bespoke. You have your systems and you have the ways that you work and the things you want to teach people, but you always have to be dealing with the person in front of you. Yes, you've got a wealth of experience and knowledge and education, but everyone's situation is unique. Everybody has their own blocks, their own mindset problems. <laughs> and like you say, like everyone wants a different lifestyle. We're not all aiming for exactly the same thing. I just read yeah. this amazing article. I think I found it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I really had too much to do. So what did I do? I scrolled on my phone. Yeah, of course. And I did that all the time. by a, about a chap. And he runs a company called Gravity. So he might be really well known and I just don't realize it. But he decided he was a young millionaire. So at 31, he was running a really, really big, successful company. He was a multimillionaire and he had loads of people working for him. And one day he ended up speaking to one of the junior assistants and she broke down on him and saying, I can't afford to buy food this month. I can't afford my rent this month. And he said, it got me doing a lot of thinking. There's me driving this Tesla and there's my staff who are doing all the work for me with nothing. So mm. he made this decision that he was going to cut anyone high up in it, in, including him, cut everyone's pay, but raise everybody's pay. So he had this minimum $70,000 salary across his entire company. And he mm. said he got absolutely slated for it. I don't even know where this is going, Reed. So just... just <laughs> <laughs> but he said he got absolutely slated because he was doing something that other people weren't doing, but it felt so in line with him. Mm. And he said the interesting thing is in that he now sees people, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, and he's like, I am just as capable as them. And I know there's a bit of me that thinks I would like all that money and I would like all that mm. glamour. But actually, when I had it, it didn't feel right. And this way, I'm much happier. Yeah, that was the point. That was where I was going. Yeah. With I love that, that though. Like that, where you're at and what that feels for me is kind of, you know, I've got a team and I, I've had various people in my team over the last four years. Part of having a business for me is not only about me, it's like that bigger picture. And it's not like I'm going to earn the mega bucks and you're going to, I'm going to give you minimum wage. Like for me, that's just not ethical. And I think that comes back to that sustainable business. So I love what he does. Like in Denmark, they have a thing, don't they? That 
I think, and probably there's going to be Danish people listening to me who tell me that I've got this wrong, but I think it is the top person in the business can only earn 10 times the bottom person. Oh. And when you think, I mean, that could be 17 grand and 170 grand. Yeah. So it is a big difference. But when you think of some of the businesses in the UK, it's 17 grand and 17 million or something, you know, and that is just so unequal. Why do we need to be that unequal? No, it is really interesting. And I think, I know that you help a lot of people who come from a corporate background that's interesting because obviously I've come from an entertainment background not everybody but a lot of people I work with are creatives or Mm. are emerging leaders that's often how I talk about the people that I work with who kind of want the spotlight but feel uncomfortable with their spotlight Mm. what do you think of the challenges of someone coming from that corporate background Oh my gosh. So I think confidence. So I think that a lot of people that I work with, they've been really successful in their corporate background. So if they're in corporate, they've been like mid to senior level or they've been the same in public sector. And so they've had responsibility. They've had a team. They've had all of this stuff. And then they go into entrepreneurship and they don't have any of that. And I think it's a confidence of, you know, they're consciously incompetent. And because of that, they lack confidence at the beginning, even though they've got all the skills and all the experience, because they don't know this new world, mm-hmm. they imagine that it's going to be really different. So that, yeah, they're consciously incompetent mm-hmm. and that impacts their confidence and the way that they put themselves out there. And I think they have these massive visibility blocks, even though they're visible at work, it's different. And it's that difference. I think they struggle with that. But there's a massive learning curve in this online space. I mean, I I experienced it, that it's a whole new world. And actually, although there are processes and mechanics to how you can do it and strategies, it's growing and evolving all of the time. So you've kind of got to have your, I want to say foot on the pedal, but that's completely not what I mean. You've got to have your ear to the ground to keep learning and keep developing. And I think that feeling that this is something I experienced, I knew I was capable of in another environment. So why, when I was trying to start this new thing, did I not know how how to do it straight away and that was very very frustrating so what for you then what are your plans as you develop and change your business can you see where you're going yet or are you happy oh, to ride with yeah, it yeah definitely so I think I keep taking a step and like okay what do I really love in my business and I love like my masterminds I have at the moment I have two mastermind groups so I'm going to probably keep that with 10 people in I love that small mm. connection and progress so I'm going to keep that and then I'm going to be going, keeping my academy, which is like a membership and then having online courses in that business. And I've actually started a second business, which is about training people to be coaches and teaching people coaching skills. Mm. And I think that that business, it, it's complementary, but it kind of goes back to my teaching days. And you know, I've done lots and lots of coach training. And so I want to have that as another arm of my business, but it's, it's actually a separate business. So it's challenging, isn't it? Because, the, you know, the coaching space is unregulated. So you have completely. people who just decide, oh, I've, I've done a few courses. I'm just going to teach this now. Mm. And there's no way to prevent that from happening. And it's not to say that if you haven't, if you aren't really good at something, you can't teach it. But in an industry where the majority of people are highly qualified, are highly skilled. It's very difficult as a consumer, as a punter to know who do I go with? How do I work this stuff out? Because it's just hard to know. So I think the more trained coaches who are qualified and know what they're doing, the better for the industry. I do think that's really important. Yeah, I think so. And I think that it's, I think there's so much people don't actually really know about the difference between a coach and a mentor. 
So there's amazing mentors, amazing mentors out there. You know, I've worked with some brilliant mentors. However, the generic term is coach. And I think that is a problem that the consumers don't really understand the market. So tell us, from your point of view then, Ruth, what's the difference? Where's the line? So a mentor is going to guide you using their experience, Mm -hmm. whereas a coach is going to help you to find the answers within yourself. So a mentor is more directive. A coach is more, is not directive. And actually... I've done both and I do both. And I imagine that you probably do do. both as well. And sometimes those things really cross over because a lot of that, well, once you have the skills, some of that's quite intuitive. Yes. Once you know, but there is a difference. And it's knowing actually when you go into a conversation, what result does someone want here and what's going to be the best thing for them to be told and demonstrated or for them to realize that they have this within them. And actually it's always more powerful when people come to it house always people often and I bet you that you have this as well Anna they say just tell me what to do but you can tell them what to do and they don't do it and the reason they don't do water but you can't make it drink oh my gosh but actually for me the interesting thing is why don't they do it and that's where you go into their their beliefs and their confidence and their and it's so much more interesting yeah fascinating why how people think and for me, that's why for me, all the you can know all the business stuff. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I spend a lot of time making sure that I learn and that I grow. You do need that stuff. But if you have a mental block on how much you can earn, how much you can get out there, what people think of you, whether you deserve it, whether you can become an author, whether you have the right to do that. I find it a lot with podcasting. People really know they want to have a podcast, but they're actually too scared to do it. Yeah. If, if you've got all those mindset blocks, then there's only so much success that you're going to allow yourself to have. It's fascinating what people do and how they tie themselves up in knots. And I'm sure that we've both been there as well. Oh God, absolutely. (laughs) And I think that that's what makes it, that's like, so I'm running a a challenge at the moment and it's been amazing to, even at that remote distance through a Facebook group, to experience people unraveling in front of you and that confidence that comes with those those moments of realisation. That's really what my work means to me. It's really about those blocks. But equally, I'm an ambitious woman. You know, I like to go after some hard targets. But whatever I choose in my business has to fit, like we were talking at the beginning, has to fit with my family and how I want to live my life. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to switch off. And and so then, then it becomes about the consistency piece we're talking about. You have to know what it is you want for your business, what you really want Mm. it to look like and why that really matters. Because otherwise you won't do the consistent things like getting your systems in place, sending out the emails, being on social media, doing Facebook lives. You just won't because there's no meaning behind it for you. Yeah. And and that's so important. And actually with the consistency as well, a big part of it is about your mindset. Because if you're not feeling good about yourself, it's so hard to motivate yourself to do these things. And again, it's a, it's just another learning, isn't it? Okay, why am I not doing this? And sometimes it's, you know, I see people all the time that they, and I bet you do as well, they take on somebody else's goal. So the 10, the 10K month is a really good example. So other people around them will say, I want a 10K month. And they're like, oh, I want a 10K month. They don't actually think about what that's going to mean in terms of clients and business model and all of the other things. How much they might have to work to get there. Yeah. And, and then how they, they don't get it. How and they then, might actually feel yeah. when they, if they do get there, what are they actually going to do with it? Yeah. So, like even if you get it, it then feels really awkward. Like you, mm. you shouldn't have it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
So Ruth, then if people want to find out a little bit more about you, where's the best place to go? Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky because I've got an unusual name like you. So it's Ruth Kudsey, K-U-D-Z-I. So my website is Ruth Kudsey. My Instagram is Ruth Kudsey. My LinkedIn is Ruth Kudsey. And my Facebook page is Ruth Kudsey 2. Oh. No idea. I think that was because I made a mistake. We're always learning, aren't we, Anna? Always learning, always <laughs> learning. But things like that you can't undo and it's really frustrating. You can't undo, no. Uh, and and you have your own podcast. So I know you briefly mentioned it earlier. So yeah. just let listeners know. So if you want to... So I've got my own podcast. to another. Yeah, I've got my own podcast called The Path to Success. Um, I did, I think I did about 40 episodes last year and it was very much interviewing people about their journeys. That has gone on hold. Now I'm going to be launching a new podcast in April to be see what it's going to be called about what's going to be called about, what it's going to be called. And that's going to be much more around kind of coaching conversations and difficult conversations and much more around the mindset piece, actually, that we just spoke about. Yeah, great. So to wrap up then, Ruth, if you were to give someone advice about getting visible, about getting themselves out there, what three pieces of advice would you give someone? First of all, when you're thinking about getting visible, think about where your ideal client is, because there's no point being visible if they're not there. Second of all, do something that challenges you but doesn't take you too far out of your comfort zone so if video terrifies you start with audio or start with writing and the third thing you know what I'm going to say be consistent so if you're saying okay I'm going to write a blog every week write a blog every week or I'm going to do a podcast every week do a podcast every week that comes from Amy Porterfield by the way I did steal that from her she says one piece of original content every week and you're sorted and it's done pretty well for her hasn't it I actually think a podcast in many ways makes you have that consistency because you think I can't not when people are expecting to listen in a way that for me, writing a blog doesn't make me make sure in quite the same way. I feel like a responsibility and have, I mean, I've been podcasting for about two and a half years now. Mm. So I know that that content has to be done. So that has to be top of the priority list. And it's actually made me just be just much more consistent. I think it's a good way to build. But you're yeah, so do, do a right podcast. I know, I know a lady who's quite good at helping people with that. I think she's called Anna. <laughs> we do know that. You can go find out about the podcastmembership.com. But that's a, <laughs> so Ruth, and also you mentioned your book. So we're going to make yeah. sure that that is in the show notes for everybody as Brilliant. well. Thank you so, much. Um, so yeah, great to have you on. Thank you so Thank much. You. And really well, nice to catch up. Let's catch up in two years' time and see where yes. we are then. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Thank you so Thank much, you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.